Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, This is the fourth episode of a five-part mini-series covering various topics from our Q2 Global Market Outlook. Today, I have with me Fukien Yap, who's a senior investment strategist in the CIO Office's equity strategy team. And we will be talking about why we see Asia X Japan equities outperforming global equities, whether interest rate hikes will be bad for US and European markets, and what are his sector preferences across the US, Europe, and China. So, Fukien, let's get started. So, obviously, we are um, positive on global equities. Manpreet sort of covered that on Friday as to the rationale for that. Uh, but where do you see the best opportunity for uh, equity investors today? Yeah, thanks, Steve. So, our preferred region for equities now is Asia X Japan. Uh, we expect we expect them to outperform global equities for the next uh, six to twelve months. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, first is more supportive policies in China. Okay, they've been easing monetary policy, and now we expect further stimulus as China is targeting an ambitious 5.5% GDP growth this year. And the second, valuations are undemanding. Uh, Asia X Japan's PE multiple is a 24% discount to global equities, which is at a cheap end uh, compared to history. And third is reopening, as more of Asia is emerging from the COVID lockdowns. Uh, Economic recovery and growth can continue. Now, with COVID, uh, we do see China's zero COVID policies as uh, holding back growth somewhat, uh, with uh, restrictions in your major cities. And uh, with China, another worry by investors has been the threat of delisting in the U.S. uh, for Chinese companies that are listed in the U.S. So because of these headwinds, we expect China equities to perform in line with Asia X Japan now, uh, but we like the Asia X Japan region overall. We expect the region can outperform. And also recently, we've seen signs of extreme volatility. Uh, for example, the Hang Seng Index at one point became the most oversold since 1987. Now, that's the most oversold for the past 35 years. That could indicate peak pessimism, we feel. And so we see Asia X Japan outperforming from here. Okay, so let's move on to the US and and, and Europe. So obviously, we're expecting rate hikes in the US. Well, we've had the first rate hike in the US and we're expecting more. Um, There's obviously the the pressure on Europe to hike interest rates as well. Um, Do you think this is going to be bad for markets in in the US in particular? And secondly, obviously, we've got the Russia-Ukraine crisis continuing. So is that uh, something that's going to drag down the euro area going forward? Yeah, we see the US and euro area as both core holdings. Uh, That means we expect them to both perform in line with global equities. Uh, Now, as you highlight, a rate hike in the US is a very significant event. Uh, For equities, it acts as a headwind on valuations, especially for growth stocks uh, that make up the majority of the US market. Uh, However, keep in mind that rates are still very low and accommodative. And even if we get all the rate hikes expected by the market this year, uh, it's still a low and commodative. And with the US raising rates, the backdrop now is of a strong and above trend economic growth, we believe. So companies' earnings continue to be strong and resilient. And it is earnings growth that we believe will drive gains for US equities. And looking at historical experience as well, we see that equities can be volatile in the one to three months before and after the first 
Fed rate hike. But after that, they revert to their long-term trend. And so we expect U.S. equities can digest the rate hikes and go up in line with global equities. And now with euro area, uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict is clearly a concern. Uh, it, it raises uncertainty really on any forecast. Uh, the conflict has a direct impact on oil and commodity prices. Uh, so that has upward pressure on inflation. And also there are financial links across Europe uh, that may raise concerns. Uh, however, with the financial links and any fears of how European banks can be impacted, uh, we do believe the risks are manageable and banks have been maintaining strong capital positions uh, through the COVID pandemic that acts as a good buffer. So valuations for the euro area has uh, corrected to be more attractive, uh, but monetary policy is still supportive and the conflict is driving plans to increase spending in defense and also spending in energy infrastructure to diversify away from Russian gas. So fiscal stimulus is supportive and Europe is also going through reopening from the pandemic and that will support recovery and growth. So again, earnings growth will be resilient, we believe, in the euro area and the valuations have priced in the risk. So from here, we do believe the euro area can go up along with global equities. Okay, so you mentioned that uh, you know the, a couple of sectors there, um, but in terms of what are your sector preferences across the US, Europe, and China going forward? Thanks. Yeah, we like energy and financial sectors globally. Okay, that's across the uh, US, Europe, and China. Uh, with energy, uh, oil prices are high now with the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and also other reasons on the supply side. Uh, while at the same time, demand is recovering. And if we look at energy equities, they have lagged the rebound in the oil price. So we believe there is a catch-up opportunity here. And for the U.S. gas and LNG producers, they have a role now to help Europe diversify away from Russian gas. Since uh, some European companies had Russian assets and they have written that off now, and we think that is priced off uh, in the market as well. And valuations still look cheap for the energy sector. And it's been performing well year to date, but we expect this to continue. Uh, now, with financials, uh, the rate hikes from the Fed will support banks' uh, interest income. We expect bond yields to go up as well. And financials are the most correlated sector to higher yields. Uh, for the European banks, as I said earlier, uh, we believe risks related to Russia are manageable and valuations have corrected to be more attractive. In China, uh, monetary policy is going the opposite direction from the US and Europe. Uh, but, but we believe the policies to support growth uh, actually help to alleviate some of the credit concerns for the banks. And the Chinese banks trade at a huge discount to book value, so reducing credit concerns would help with the valuation. So uh, globally, we prefer energy and financials. And uh, let me add on to that, uh, we just upgraded healthcare to be preferred as well in the US and Europe. And this is to add some defensive exposure, really, uh, with volatile market conditions. Uh, healthcare has steady earnings growth and uh, defensive qualities. And post-pandemic now, with more healthcare visits and elective procedures, uh, that is a tailwind for healthcare earnings too. And the valuation of healthcare looks attractive, we believe. And lastly, I just want to mention industrials, uh, which is preferred in Europe and China. Uh, industrials in China is something we've liked for a long time now, and it has been working well. It's aligned to government policy in China uh, to upgrade manufacturing expertise. And valuation for the industrial sector still looks very attractive in China. Now, Europe Industrials is one we upgraded this month 
I mentioned defense spending earlier that it will rise in Europe. Now, aerospace and defense is just 12% of industrials. Not huge, uh, but it is a tailwind. And I mentioned reopening and transportation is part of industrials as well. That adds more tailwind. And then the spending on energy infrastructure to diversify from Russia gas, that helps. Green capex as well would all support industrials in Europe, we believe. And that covers it all then, our preferred sectors. Thank you, Fukien. That's very comprehensive. Uh, and, and thank you for your time today. So, um, and thank you, listener, for joining us. Um, so uh, tomorrow I will be speaking to Manpreet Gill about the outlook for currencies, oil and gold. And with that, let me bid you farewell and please take care. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.